Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 26. I'm ASD. I'm Rob. And I'm Stato. Mate, it is lovely to have you back. How are you? A privilege, thank you. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. I think the last time I actually saw you is when we bumped into each other in the airport on the way to the Champions League final. Yeah, face to face, it's been a very, very long time. It seemed to be a battle in in the airport of people going to the sports shop and putting the Spurs shirts over the Liverpool shirts and then vice versa. I (laughs) I remember that very clearly. But it was all Liverpool because they won their semi-final the day before, didn't they? So they just booked all the flights. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, we recorded about half an hour. We finished recording about half an hour before Conte got sacked last last week. So we've got time to talk about it now. I'm glad he's gone. I'm sure we're all... Are you all in the same position? You're glad he's gone? Yep. Stato? I agree. But we did have some highs underneath him. We did have some great moments. Any that come to mind? There was a moment um, in the first season where... I uh, I actually thought for a few weeks he was going to be the one that was going to change the mentality of the group when they went on that little run that got them into the top four. I was like, oh, okay, you know, because we all know that you know the middle of, they're a bit flaky at times, aren't they? And I just thought for a second, like for a few weeks, I thought he's actually like he's got into them and this has worked and it's amazing. And obviously that then disintegrated. <laughs> really really quickly once we started watching the start of this season it was obvious that it was as everybody of course knew at the beginning it was only going to be a season and a half and you know you for a moment thought that that wouldn't happen and then realized that it would I mean there's there are a few other highlights I thought Leicester away was was great the 3-3 I mean that had me out of my chair and that sort of linked to the mentality bit a little bit that I just mentioned that you know, he sort of began to wonder whether he was beginning to get into the players. Um, but other than that, I've I've found I don't know maybe maybe my memory is not good enough, but I think I've just watched so much boring football this year that I sort of the the good stuff that happened last year has sort of vanished a bit for me really. We had the 6-2, didn't we? That's the only highlight of this year in terms of big games, isn't it? The 6-2 against Leicester. But they beat us four one, didn't they? And they just haven't won a game. It doesn't seem in forever as well. Like we, we we're properly dot to Tottenhaming that. Stato, you got any others? I'm sure oh, you have. And there've been wins over City. There's a three two against City where Kane scored, yeah. and that wasn't that in like September. I oh, know it was. February. It's been so disjointed this season with the World Cup stuck in the middle. I mean, it's hard to comprehend that it was Conte and Tuchel at Stamford Bridge. It was this season. Yeah. 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 Feels so long. Just the overriding feeling for me is just extreme stubbornness. You know, a manager who's strong-willed is a good thing, but a manager who's beyond stubborn, um, you know, the Tottenham fans pay the highest season ticket prices and probably match day prices too. And there is this expectation that you you deserve some form of entertainment. And, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone what their opinion should be, Fourth place is fantastic. You know, we're there or thereabouts pushing for where we realistically should be. 
but but how you go about it, I mean, being a bit more um, open, surely than being as pragmatic as he was. I know there's stereotypes about Italian managers and and playing that way, but it's just some of the games where we didn't appear to try. I know this is supposed to be highlights, but I'm just trying to retrospectively put it of where where it could have could have worked so well and didn't, and has fallen down and failed. Um, I've seen this term pragmatic, a pragmatic approach. Pragmatic means being realistic. Realistically, we've got one of the best front threes in the league, got a great midfield, and so it just it's it's negative rather than pragmatic his his style of play really because it, it a realistic approach if you're a bottom half of the table let's say a Chelsea but you know really if you're Vinner then a pragmatic approach is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses our strengths are not what he was playing to he was playing to the strengths of his system which really didn't fit our players yeah I mean the sign of a good manager is going into any club and working with what you've got and not trying to to mold them into something. Because you you can't make you can't go and be manager of Rochdale, ninety second in the football league, and get them to play tiki taka football. So why would you do the opposite and and take a team that that can play one way and and stop them, you know, cut their legs off so to speak? If you're a if if you're um I don't know what you would call it in the game you know uh, you actually work in the in in, in the game. I, th- I think it's obviously there's obviously a view that it is a defensive team. Mourinho's got in there. He played pretty defensive football, and they, you know counter-attacking football. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So not a great deal of success. It was turgid. Then Nuno went in there. He did the same thing, except he couldn't inspire the players for any any length of time. They wouldn't have him, and it was turgid. Then Conte's gone in there and he's done the same thing. They've just played counter-attacking football where they've basically had, it feels to me like they've had sort of six defensive outplayers and three really attacking world-class forward players and a dodgy keeper. And they've had three successive managers now that have all played in the same way. And you mentioned earlier about the fact they've got a great midfield. I mean, they have on paper got a pretty solid midfield, but they haven't got any creativity in the midfield at all I don't think no. I mean Heiberg every now and then threads a nice through ball doesn't he you know four or five times a season or something but there's nobody I don't think even Benton Kerr who I'd really rate I love Benton Kerr that's not his job is it yeah. it's not his job but like no no one there's there's no so I, I sort of feel a bit like they need to clearly invest in that part of the team but at the same time You've got to go in, to your point, Stato, and particularly when you're earning 15 million a year. I made this point a couple of weeks ago that, like, and improve what you've got, like get hold of it and improve it. And they've gone backwards, haven't they? They've just, they've just gone backwards. So, yeah. I think for me is they're trying to play a system where we're outnumbered in midfield, so we have to have these combative, ball-winning type players. But then there's no spark. There's no. Ericsson, you know, no one in the middle of the park who can yeah. who can pick that pass. You know, it's like we've got seven guys carrying the piano and three to play it. Here's um, <laughs> a great, you know. yeah. And, and again, again, to mention the World Cup, there were players before this before the World Cup who evidently didn't want to get injured, were concerned. <laughs> it looked like that, and not just in Tottenham, in all the way across the leagues. You know, any football that I saw, people were you know petrified of missing the World Cup. 
Um, since they came back, things have evened themselves out a bit. And But, you know, you, t- you take the season we had last year, Sonny's form has gone off a cliff. Don't blame him at all. Nothing he's done wrong, but it's just, you know, Kulashevsky the same, injury, and then just not able to recapture it. And we're just utterly reliant on them. I mean, in any other given season, Kane's miles ahead of, you know, on goals scored, leading goal scorer. But we still think he's had, you know, in essence, a poor season. But, you know, he's the only one really scoring. And because of Haaland, he's, you know, streets behind. But in any other given season, it's just been vintage vintage Kane. And we have to celebrate him for his, you know, record that he's, you know, taken off Greaves. But it's, it's still not even been a good season for him, in truth. I still hold the hope that Lo Celso, maybe not in Dombele, but someone can make them good. I would love Ndombele to come good and just make him work hard. But they're the two players who should be playing those through balls, playing, the, you know, Lacelso isn't a number 10, but Ndombele should be playing in that space. Um, I think it's the pace of the Premier League. Personally, you see so many players come over from France. They can sustain it for a short time, but not, not long. And that's a bit of a generalisation. I'm really not having a go at yeah, yeah. players. But, you know, there have been a lot of players that have come over for vast sums of money. And you just think, can they physically hack it? And it isn't that they are they haven't got the physical stature or the physique to play the game, but it, it's just the pace and the ferocity of it. I also think it's underestimated in the Premier League how much fight you get from the teams at the bottom. Mm. You know, in, in, in the Spanish League, the, the teams that, you know, Real Madrid and Barca win by five, six or seven against five or six teams each season. It, it appears to me... Because there isn't so much fight in teams, whereas in the Premier League, you get that from most, you know, most teams in and around the bottom of the league. I think that affects some players coming in who don't know the Premier League. We're in a bit of a... Ah, before we get on to that, Mourinho, Nuno and Conte play bench arrays. If you had to choose one to take back right now, one to have on the bench when that one fails and then one to erase from Tottenham history, who are you having? Stuff Nuno's impact was so minimal. I think he's the one I'd just forget. Mourinho, I mean, it's worked everywhere else. Maybe it could could work again. And just for recency value, I, I couldn't say Conte. So I'd park him for now and hope that his stubborn streak came out like his um, gallbladder did. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same. I couldn't. I mean, Nuno was just a, you know, horrendous appointment. Didn't understand it. I'd have sooner they put Mason in charge for six months while they were waiting for the person that they were they, they were trying to get, frankly, than do that. Bit of breaking news: Potter's available. Chelsea have just sacked him. They sacked him, have they? Oh, yeah. there it is. Yeah. I mean, if I'm honest, he's the guy I would have wanted all along. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it. it yeah, we, we we get on to the manager bit perhaps perhaps in a minute, but they they have to reconnect with and have an honest conversation with themselves, don't they, about what they are as a football club and reconnect with what they are as a football club and reflect that in the appointment that they make for this the most critical of positions within within their club. And you know, you just you just want to see them go and recruit somebody that possibly hasn't peaked yet that is really good is fantastic talent 
that hasn't peaked rather than have somebody that's done it before with massive investment then he's kind of you know living on previous glories you know they're a club that acquires players and acquires managers and has those players and those managers develop to peak whilst they're at that club and then yeah maybe some of them then leave and go and join a Goliath and get a pot or two fine but the best years of them were at our club and I really want to see them whoever it is whether it's Potter who I think you could put in that category although I'd imagine he's absolutely devastated at you know kind of what's happened there he's been so unlucky isn't he and I feel so sorry for him in some ways or another young manager that is is going to come and is going to grow with us and, and with the young with the young team I mean I fear that Chelsea will just go and there's going to be so many big teams out there looking for managers aren't there yeah you know. I, so I before we start recording it's worth saying we start recording about four minutes past eight on Sunday evening Potter has literally just been sacked and I had opened odds checker to keep a list of what managers were that uh, we were linked with and uh, Nagelsmann and Brendan were Brendan Rodgers was quite high Nugglesman was number one. Graham Potter is already on our list at seven to one. <laughs> he's he's higher than like there was this one called Arne Slot. I'm not sure if you know he's the manager of Feyenoord. He started managing in 2019. He was quite high. Now Potter's higher than him already. Yeah. Is company on that list? I would love company. Let me find him. Company's six, so he's actually higher than Graham Potter. Uh, more Just likely. See him only... walking straight away as soon as he has two years. Premier That's League right. experience. If, if Guardiola goes, he, he right. goes. And look, I've no shame in losing the manager to, to a bigger or more successful team, but I, I just think that's an instant. You know, he walks because there's no attachment. I'm not saying there's going to be an attachment to 90% of the people we're linked with, or, or nor should there. We're not Liverpool in the 80s where you've just got this, you know, boot room yeah. of, of staff that you can just call upon. But yeah. I would bet Enrique's going to uh, to Chelsea. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon Nagel, they'll, they'll go for Nagelsmann big time. But I don't know who they get in the meantime. They feel burnt, I think. The bit of a poison chalice, though. I mean, it is completely a poison chalice, but, you know, this, this is a critical choice for the next, you know, whoever it is for them to make. Do you accept it or not? I mean, they're, they're, they've, they've almost certainly got the... FA slash UEFA compliance team knocking at their door within the next 12 months, haven't they? If they don't this is true. So, sort out their income and stuff relatively quickly with all those acquisitions that they've made. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting over the summer, that's for sure. It really is. We're in a bit of a hole, aren't we? The women's team are having a bit of a shocker. They haven't got a manager. I think they've lost 11 out of the last 12 league games. It's obviously relegation form. We are, what, are we fifth or sixth? At the moment, fifth, but can go third with a win or fourth with a draw tomorrow. Draw, but we'll be two games ahead of Newcastle and Man United. Yeah. Um, but who knows? We've got Everton next, then Brighton after that, who are the team next to us at the moment, and they've got two games in hand on us and are only six points behind. So it's a very interesting time for Spurs. I mean, we could be sixth, seventh in a couple of weeks, or we could be third. It's a bit mad considering what a show we've be, been. And the only thing that's keeping me buoyant is um, the fact how just how bad Chelsea are. Um, we don't have a manager. We don't have a director of football. 
because he's been done for match fixing. Our current manager was done for match fixing in 2012 and was banned for two and a half years, which is a huge amount of time. Uh, it's a bit disappointing. Who do you want? I can read the odds of managers. So Brendan's three to one, Nagelsmann's three to one, Pochettino's fives, Potter's seven to one, Arne Slot's nine, Deserby's ten, Stellini to stay on at twelve, Thomas Frank fourteen, and then they go on. Um, the only other one is Company at six, Zidane at twenty. That'll never happen. Redknapp is fifty to one. <laughs> I don't know why Simeone's 33. I don't know why they're not. I mean, we don't want his style of football, but he's a proven. Well, how many proven winners have we had? Who do you, who do you want? Or is do you just not have a, a who? You just have got a what what I want. I I, I think, as I said earlier, I, I don't want them to go and get a manager that has had their best years at another club. I think that the club needs massive reinvestment in the first yeah. team. They're going to need to go and buy young players, good young players, and they're going to need to somehow figure out a way that they're going to go and do that at a time when Liverpool are going to be doing the same thing. And at a time when Chelsea have a transfer strategy, although their league position where they end up this year might curtail them from carrying that on into the summer, perhaps with a bit of luck, but they're, they, they're clearly going to need to go and buy some young players, reconnect with that team. And I really want them to get a, a young manager that's got some experience, that is growing and is going to turbocharge their career at our club and therefore is bought into it, is absolutely 100% connected to it, is ambitious when they come in. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't want to see the Spurs manager in the top two or three paid managers in the, pre, in the, in the league salary table because that's not who we... Are. I want them to go and get a, a really good, you know, real kind of high in demand young manager. And whether that's Deserby, whether that's um, a couple of the people that are on the continent, that guy that you mentioned, the guy at, at Sporting who seems to have come out and, you know, whatever. I mean, you never know, do you? I, t- I just really hope they don't go down the Rogers, um, you know, Enrique, like these these guys that are that need a job as opposed to are ambitious and trying to grow i want to feel excited by the appointment yeah yeah ruben amarim at sporting I, I that's think. him yeah 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 you know my heart says potch but my head says don't go back um you know he knows the club he knows a lot of the players that are still there but the, some of the players we've bought and the players we've got bought for next season don't suit his style um, you know, he was a 4-4-2. You, your fullbacks are your two hardest working players. So we had them where we could have them on rotation for the, the bigger games and the sort of second choice. I don't know if it works. I definitely don't think going back works personally. Um, purely not because he's available, but I, I would have always wanted him. I think Potter suits what Rob said. It, you know, he desperate. I can only imagine he'd be desperate to want to prove Chelsea wrong. And if he can go and achieve something with Tottenham over Chelsea, then that's sticking two fingers up if that's your motivation. I don't think that's Potter's motivation, but our fans would always want to see that. I mean, there'll be those that said they didn't want to call because he's at Chelsea. I mean, has Potter been there long enough to tarnish him? And also, on the balance of probability, every other manager in football has once managed Chelsea. <laughs> um, so I mean, I, I was at the home game at Chelsea this year. Uh, that we won 
And I'll be honest, I thought Chelsea played, I know the fans were all going nuts, but I thought they played really well, Chelsea. I thought they looked really good on the ball. They had a great structure as the way that they played. They were knocking it around us for fun almost. They just couldn't score. They didn't have a centre forward. They didn't have anyone to put the ball in the net. They were putting all these crosses into the ball, playing all these through balls down the middle. And, you know, Joao Felix was running onto him and he's five foot eight on ways 11 stone went through and Romero was flying through him and knocking him 30 feet up in the air. So with the right, they, it's ironic that they bought all these players for him and the one player that they actually needed, which was someone to put the ball in the back of the net, they didn't do. And he couldn't get that team structured to, to do that. And who could? I mean, there's only one manager that I know that's been successful in playing without a centre forward and that's Guardiola. So... You know, if they manage to hold on to Kane, keep Kane up front, you know, why why wouldn't that? As you say, he'll be absolutely pumped, won't he, to prove them wrong. He must be furious at what happened to him there. So we landed on Potter. Is that where we're going? I don't, but it would be my choice, but I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking for everyone else. I don't know what. I mean, I think a lot of people would want Nagelsmann, but I can understand his reluctance to come in now. I don't understand why you wouldn't appoint a manager now and say, well, look, you've, you've used this time. There's no transfers available. You'll get 10 games to see what the club's about, what you want for next season. You work inside now. Um, to me, that works better. But, you know, and of all the people, as soon as it, it was announced, I never for a million years would have suggested the guy staying on. You know, I, I happened to listen to Ryan Mason's um, high performance podcast that morning and I was so impressed with him yeah so impressed with him as a as a speaker um, you know he's not someone whose voice inspires you you know like a David Beckham you know what I mean you're not going to go to public speaking lessons from David Beckham but actually if you listen to what he says and and the, probably the key word for Ryan Nelson is listen he listens to people he takes stuff in and he took his own slant on it and, and I was mightily impressed with him. Obviously not long term, but I really expected him to be the one if, if we went for a caretaker manager. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, just on company, I read an article this morning because, you know, because he's at Burnley, doing really well at Burnley and his assistant manager is Craig Bellamy, right? Yeah. And Bellamy filed for bankruptcy this weekend because yeah. he has literally got zero money. He lives in a house that Burnley pay for. He's got literally nothing because he's run, he's run out of money, which is really sad because he spent his life building hospitals and paying for funerals of people he didn't know. Yeah. And he's a top... Doors in Sierra Leone. Top, absolutely and tragic. And he's not lad. even gambled it away or pissed didn't it on the wall. Doesn't it's, drink. It's he ended up... He ended up with a... Yeah. Advice and, you know, probably being defrauded. We so he he yeah, two million pound tax bills, didn't he? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, which he avoided. He didn't avoid it. He just... He had signed his money management on a legal level over to a, a guardian who screwed him over because he was having mental health problems yeah. and so couldn't face managing his own wealth. And then they did investments in Cardiff and Panath and then oh, some in London, which has gone bad and all of his money's gone. And it just makes you think like, geez, it could happen to anyone. So mm. wishing him all the best. But anyway, yeah. um, bit of a shit show. Everton, let's talk about Everton quickly. You didn't Nobody, say who you wanted, ASD. Who do you I want? With you. I, I deserve it. It's, I, I really would love to feel like I did in the last season at White Hart Lane, and it, we're not going to get that back with Poch. And it, 
I, I, when he was the he was the only option, then he he was a good option. But now it just doesn't feel. But it is weird. It's not Poch. There's a weird cult of Pochettino fans in the Spurs fan base who are just Pochettino fans, and you do get the feeling that they would just follow him and support whatever club he would be managing. It's it's really quite odd. And I I know, like what sixteen seventeen, there was no war, there was no COVID. Like life just felt a little bit less depressing, and we'd like to connect with that time. But bloody hell, like he, he was a manager for a little bit, and he's gone. You know, just just move on. Yeah. Uh, I'd take Potter. I we always like Potter. My my worry with Potter is the job he was doing was not keeping a team in the top four. He hasn't been able to do it at Chelsea, but I'm not sure who can do it at Chelsea apart from someone who's massive. Is, is he the right person? Maybe, maybe not. But you have to. You have to do. We have to do something to build the club. We are not a good football team. We are economically viable, which has hit the football team hard, which will impact our economic viability. There's no point in having this massive stadium if no one's going to fill it. And they need to do something to make us worth going to watch again. So that's that's the bit that we need. And if that means we just go out and find this young attacking manager or somebody who's got their head screwed on. What I don't want is a manager who is focused on a system. That's my only worry with company because all he's known really is Guardiola's style and that will go out of fashion at some point. And is he, has he got the tactical flexibility to understand that? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I that that's what makes the great managers, right? That's the difference between Conte, Mourinho and Ferguson and Wenger. And we're talking about two of the greats there, but that that's what we should be hoping for. So I massive, it's a massive job, Tottenham, isn't it? Massive, 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 massive job. job. And we talk about the the poison chalice that is Chelsea. We're a massive poison chalice, like because you've got to go and deal with Daniel Levy, and who is a below top four, maybe just about top four level owner, and looking less and less so as as with Newcastle now. And Man United are going to get bought by someone who will want them to be top four and be winning trophies. So we need an owner that is top four. And so we've got to go. He, they've got to break more than average is the point. They've got to deal with teams who are able to spend their way to success. And they are the Spurs thing is going to have to be a bit money ball. And that's hard bloody work. So we'll see. We'll see. I just, I just, I just want, want a manager who can, who can, even though they've got this defensive mindless, make us defend better. <laughs> you know, we we don't appear to have improved defensively. Um, we try and defend, and we're incapable. So I'd rather see us go and score. I mean, we're not talking quite Aussie idealist days. Back when I was a younger man, um, of you know, we'll score five if you're going to score four. But um, if we could just stop conceding three to the team at the bottom of the league, and not sit back on it as well, and maybe go and push for a fourth ourselves, that would make a difference. Significantly, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about that. We've got two people who have been watching Spurs a long time, who've seen great players and shit players. So what I was going to do is just the classic first eleven draft. Uh, if if you feel that's right. so, who went to the first game? Rob, when was your first game? Eighty five. That first game. Eighty. Eighty one. Woof. Um, right. So that was going to get first choice. We're going to go one to eleven. And Stato, you're going to get first pick. Then you rob them me. And it's players that you've seen live. We're going to build the first 11. So Stato, who's your best goalkeeper? Ray Clements. Do you have Ray Clements? Why? Yeah. Uh, just incredible experience. Um, he managed the back four. He was so vocal. Um, he bossed them. He bullied them. 
he got them, you know, all in the right places at the right time. And was a fine, fine goalkeeper. Go on, Rob. Goalkeeper? Or yeah. number two? Oh, goalkeeper. Clements. Clements, I not agree. Him. Not allowed him, sorry. Stats has got him. That's the rule of the game. You did, you didn't, you're making these rules, haven't you? You didn't specify that at the beginning. It's a draft. You? It's a draft. So Stato gets first pick, basically, and you have oh, to okay. make it up. Uh, Lewis, then. That, 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 that leaves you with Bobby Mims, doesn't it, ASD? <laughs> well, I, it's quite difficult because I, I, I've i got... Robinson. Robinson. Gomez. I'm not sure I ever saw him. I've got Gomez. I've got... um. The American yeah. Friedel, 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 Gazaniga. Friedel. I actually really like Gazaniga. Walk, yeah. Did you see Walker? Did you ever see what Ian Walker? No, because I wasn't in London at that time. I'm gonna have to go with Gomez because there were times when he was remarkable, and it was fun watching him. Uh, right back, Stato. Uh, I've gone off Carl Walker, so I'll say Stephen Carr. Stephen Carr, Jack's favourite. Rob. I think Carl Carl Walker for me best best right back I've seen at Tottenham in my time. I'm going to have to go. Um, my brain is gone. This is the problem recording last thing on a Sunday. I've spent all my day with my kids. Um, who is the right back? The Croatian right back who almost had to take it. Choluka. Choluka. Because yeah. Choluka was a great, just a great right back. Like if he, as long as he didn't move, he was a very solid. Right back, who did really well for us in the Champions League. He ran like he had concrete boots on, but yeah, what a good player. Said, right, I'm doing four of the backs. A first centre back, Stato. Uh, Richard Goff, absolutely. Really? Richard I was going to have incredible, that. Incredible defender. Sadly, one year and one month. That's all we had of him. Um, we were a make weight because Rangers wouldn't. Uh, Dundee United wouldn't sell him to Rangers, so we uh, we did Rangers a favour there and took him for a year and. They doubled our, our money. Rob? Uh, well, on the on the base, I can't now pick Richard Goff, and I was definitely going to pick Richard Goff. Uh, Played with blood all over his shirt once as well, ripped his shirt. He was like a ginger Scottish beast. I used yeah. to love him. Um, and maybe I still do, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I'd have to go Toby then. Fuck's sake. Um, fine. I'm going to have to go... Because you're um, young, you're at a disadvantage. I really am. It's the worst of both worlds. I'm going King. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going King. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second second centre-back? Uh, Mabs. Mr. Tottenham for, for most of the people of my age or younger. Seems like a really uh, good guy. Hasn't he got diabetes or he's got something wrong? We yeah, have to... he played with it. He had uh, type 1 diabetes for his whole... Um, playing career, I think, from about 17. Ozzy saved his life. He fell into a diabetic coma in a you know, hotel somewhere when they were on an away match, and Ozzy saved his life. Oof. I heard a podcast with uh, David Pleat uh, at the very end of last week that's um, obviously not as good as this podcast, but it was quite good. And um, he said that for the last two years of Mabbott's playing career, because of his diabetes, he couldn't feel his feet. Can you imagine that? And he wow. was a prof- he was a professional footballer, and he somehow played through, including the '87 season, the last two years of his career. No, the, the last the, the, a two year period where he couldn't fit his yeah, feet. Yeah. Then he fixed that, and then he um, uh, fractured his cheekbone, didn't he? And played with a fractured cheekbone yeah. as a centre half. What a player! Imagine it. What what a player he 
What a player he was. Ebra talking about how he played with chicken fillets in his boots, so he just filled them out and was in total control yeah. of all his boots. What's that? <laughs> he is a lunatic, though. He probably ate the raw chicken as well. Well, it's probably fairly well done like, after 90 minutes of like, body heat, you know. Um, right, second centre-back. So Robbie. I'm going right back to the very, very, very like beginning. Um, and I think I just caught him at the end in 85. I, I'm sure. But Stato, you might tell me otherwise. Was, I can see his little eyes. In which case I might have to re-pick. <laughs> I think I did. But I'm, I want to caveat that I was like seven. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go Graham Roberts. Yeah, you're fine with that. You're fine with that. <laughs> Graham Roberts. I didn't. What? I don't think he went till the end of the '85, '86 season, or even the start of '87. I'm sure he was there when I saw yeah, him then play Sheffield Wednesday. It's completely. What? Like, imagine Graham Roberts in that team right now. Obviously, not age 60. Well, <laughs> um, if you're listening, Graham, yeah. get some boots on. We'll have you. To be honest, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. 3-3 three, three away at Southampton, no chance. No chance. Not with Graham Roberts in that team. So uh, I'll have Graham Roberts and Jan at the... And, uh, and sorry, Toby at the back. Ooh. So that's really good. So I've got Bit King. Steel there. Well, yeah, I've got King. So I, I was... I had Dorse or Supian prepared. I can't... I'm just trying to think of, is there anyone else? Romero, maybe. I'm going to go Supian. Yeah, I see. I can yeah, understand yeah, that choice. I, my love for Dawson knows no, you know, limits. But yeah, Yamatongan's a better player. I'd, I'd have Dawson as my captain, and I'd have Yan as the player. Like I, I yeah, know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Uh, left back. I'm doing sort of four four two with is a bit flexible, you know, just to fit players in. Left back, Stato. Just because I want to feel young again, I'd probably say Chrissy Hewton. Oh um, uh, yeah, he seems like one, a top man. You know, almost all the things that Spurs have won. Chrissy Hewton, one with us. Rob. I thought of the left side of our defence with these two in it, Graham Roberts and then left back Vanden Howe, who I <laughs> loved in that nine, uh, in that sort of 80, what's it, 89, 90, roughly when he joined through to sort of 91. And then he sort of vanished, didn't he? I don't think he got injured or something. I'll just get sold. I can't remember what happened to him. Stato, you'll know. But he was a psychopath. He was like Stuart Pearce, but without a heart. <laughs> he was from Birmingham had this procession of, of fullbacks they had Pat Vanden Howe Mark Dennis and Julian Dix were their three consecutive left backs <laughs> and I think they were just fed on Rottweilers because they were just insanely fierce competitive nay violent uh, left backs he wasn't played for Wales yeah he, he did, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he born yeah, in he Belgium did. I think his old man was in the forces um, he won the league with Everton. I think he scored the goal that won Everton the title in '87, uh, and he married Mandy Smith. Um, yeah, that's right. Sex. He did. He did. Um, yeah, he was a fearsome man. Well earned. Nick, no, he also was called Psycho, wasn't he? He was fearsome. Um, he was. He was fearsome. And in those in those days, I was um, lower east, uh, just uh, underneath the shelf in the old days, and uh, my dad wouldn't let me go in Paxton when I was because he thought I'd get beaten up. He was probably right. And um, so I had this amazing view of, yeah. like, Bandon how you could literally hear, like, the crunch of the tackles. And then I remember he broke his leg, didn't he, Stato? Bandon so, yeah. he broke he broke his leg, and you heard, it was, I heard, you could hear it. It was one of those ones. And then it, in those days, it wasn't, you know, you were, that's that six to eight months out in those days. And, like, four months later, he was 
he was back and, and he thought, oh, he's going to be, he'd be a different player now. He won't be the same. And he was exactly the same. The guy just, he was like one of these people that pain and his brain were never connected. He was amazing. He got he sent amazing. off against Derby, I think it was, in a league game once. And he never saw the red card. He never heard the referee tell him he was off. Oh, he God. just launched himself. I think it was Ted McMinn, who was a Scottish <laughs> winger, um, who did for us. He was far better on the day and we, we lost the game. But yeah, he, he absolutely scythed him down in midair and it just walked off. He knew he was gone and he just went, never looked back. Took something in. Did he play in 90? Was it, did he win the FA Cup with us then? Yeah, he yeah, played he right when Edinburgh right was on the left. Did, what, did he play? Because I watched that semi-final and final. I had it on VHS like a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, he wore number two, Edinburgh wore three. Yeah, that day. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Uh, right, I've got left back. There's a, Tactically, I think I might say Gareth Bale because then I can steal mm-hmm. him from later, you know? So I'm going to say Gareth. Hmm? You wouldn't play him up front, though. I saw him when he had number three on his back and he scored against Chelsea. And in that Champions League season, where obviously no, I, I don't feel like I can steal Bale, but you will, one of you will steal him, and it might be my only chance. The only other one would be, if it was my heart, it would be Benoit Asuikotu. If it was over Danny Rose, and then it would be oh, oh if it was my heart, I love Danny Rose, but I just yeah. I love Asuikotu. Right then, I've gone four four two. So right wing Stato, uh, Chris Waddle. He could play on either side. It, it really wouldn't matter, um, but he could cut in on his left and, and, and score from anywhere. Um, the, his last season before we sold him to Marseille, um, we bought Lineker and Lineker didn't know that we were selling Waddle. And one of the reasons was he just knew he'd score 30 goals in, with Gascoigne and Waddle in the team. Um, and he was distraught to discover that we'd, we'd sold him. But the season before, the end of season real, like the end of season video, I think he scored 20, 24 goals that season. They were worldies one after another there's a great one against Millwall he nutmegs the referee and sticks it in from 25 yards just off the underside of the bar just to make it look even better um fine player fine player I loved he was great he was great Waddle everyone was devastated when he went to Marseille weren't they were like oh it's a little bit like like when Kane leaves everyone's gonna think oh that's you know the team they're finished yeah they're finished you know and it was a couple of barren years, to be fair. Uh, right wing. I don't think I'm one of This is going to really mess you up, ASD. I'll go Aaron Lennon. Okay, Aaron I Lennon. About I me. love Darren Lennon. Trier. Real solid. Just you knew what you were going to get with Aaron Lennon, didn't you? Every week. Yeah. Yeah, such a distinct way of running, didn't he? That bit yeah. where against AC Milan away. He beat Yepes, I think, and then and then crossed it. Like it was just, it was just perfect. And he he what he had one trick, right? He was just rapid. He wasn't particularly brilliant at crossing, but he he did something with it. But you really have ruined it for me. I'm trying to buy time, and I can't really think of who else it would be. Like we don't have many. You could have under Redknapp. You can have Bale on the right, where all the fans who sing he plays on the left. On the left, I've already chosen Bale. (laughs) I've outmaneuvered myself. Well, no, you could have him three times if you want. I no, because he's gone. I could have Bentley. Well, you you spoke so well of Pinar last week. I think Pinar would be a good choice. Steve Malbrank. I did love Steve. I'm not sure. Did I see him? I'm not sure I ever saw him. You know. Oh, he was in the Albert Crusoe days. The little Wigan. 
I'll bake with it. I'll have I'll have my bronc then. I I tell you why I like Mel Bronk. I used to buy the end of season DVD. I've got about fifteen of them upstairs, and Mel Bronk just scored important goals regularly. Scored important goals, so I'll, I'll take that. Right then, defensive-ish midfield stuff. So you can have a mid. You've got two midfielders, one in defensive. That's not really the Tottenham way, is it? It's more flair, flair, flair. It's the Conte but, way. You know, well, yeah, that's true. Um, I will have Steve Perriman then, my captain. He'd go anywhere. Pretty much, you could just fill in at any position. Um, I, I watched him mostly play right back, but he played probably 300, 400 games in central midfield before that. So I think he's uh, he's my captain and he's always going to be my skipper. You do love him. Is he your favourite after Hoddle? Is that is that your man? Of that era, I'd still say Klinsman. I just, if it's what age you are, I suppose. I have different connections with players. Um, I mean, I, I had a number on my 81 Lecoq Sportif shirt and I had a number six. So that was Steve Perriman. So, yes, there's always that that connection. But, um, yeah, just just a fantastic guy. Still bangs the drum for Spurs and calls out when it's wrong in the club. You know, he refused to be part of the um, Hall of Fame, uh, you know, the Spurs legends thing from for many, many years because it was all about making the money, you know, for the club. And he stood firm against that for a number of years. And I think he finally got welcomed back. And, you know, an absolute legend. Yeah. The other thing that I really like about him, he speaks so much sense about the about the game, doesn't he? The way, the way that he talks about the game is actually, I mean, it's not simplistic. That would be, that would be doing, doing him an absolutely massive disservice. But he, he talks about sort of two or three, you've got to have the heart. And you've got to be brave and you've got to be really committed and dedicated and into it. But also you've to understand that to play for Tottenham, like the way he talks about Tottenham Hotspur, it's like it's, you know, it's a like we all think it's the it's a really massive revered, bit like yeah. a revered brand. Like don't diss the brand. Like I I'd imagine honestly, I think even though he's probably in his late sixties, seventies now. If he'd have got older Conti walking out of that press conference, I reckon he'd have chinned him and said, do not talk about our club yeah. like that. You know, what a, what a play. I'm going to see him. Um, yeah. he, he does these little legends tours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to see him up in Hertfordshire somewhere. I can't remember about it. Good. No, uh, like, just after Easter. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Massive digress. Defensive midfielder. Yeah. Or uh, just not your attacking midfielder. Dembele, Musa Dembele for me. Controversial one. Yeah. I, for me, I'm I'm not his biggest fan. What was what what what? Just didn't what, deliver. What did you just not, didn't, not? Didn't score enough. Just he was a bit Jack Wilshire without the through balls. I just he he was amazing at holding the ball. Just he didn't do enough. Obviously great to watch. And I think I'm being a bit harsh. Bit harsh, mate. Bit harsh. I, I've I said mean, it on this podcast a lot. But for six weeks, he was the best player in the world, but not enough for me. Sorry, sorry, Rob, but I sit on with ASD. No, that's all right. No, no, you could get both wrong. That's fine. United <laughs> at Wembley. Um, he was absolutely breathtaking. But for all yeah. the plaudits of all the players that say he's the best player in the club or he's the best player they've ever played with, why didn't he deliver it? Why didn't he? I'm not saying I want to belittle Spurs, but. There are players that have been in our club that we think are amazing. We weren't we weren't in the top four then, and no one came and took them off us. 
the likes of Defoe. You know, if he was that great, why did United or Arsenal not buy him when they were the top two clubs in the country when everyone needs a fox in the box to score? Because yeah. he's an offside fox in the box. That's what. Yeah. The goal he scored in France, what, what, what team was it? Was it Marseille away to take us through to the Europa League, the next round of the Europa League? Do you remember that? Mm. Moussa Dembele, I can't remember. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, was it um, Leon? Leon? Yeah. One of them. That got me out my seat. Then he scored on his debut as well, didn't he? I'm yeah, pretty Norwich. sure against Norwich, someone like that. When when, when did he when, when did he leave? I'll have to have a look. Well, he went to China, didn't he? Because his hip was gone. He couldn't That's right. he, physically he, he, play in the Premier League. His hip was gone. So yeah, he only played half a season, didn't he? And then they let him go for beans. He, he he's... 19 2019 only that feels really recent so he went to Guangzhou we always talk about this with Ericsson but they've never replaced Dembele they tried they tried to replace that player that can play in the middle keep the ball not lose the ball go forward and then release the ball they've tried that's such a hard thing to do and he was amazing on the half turn and they I think that I think that was the plan for end Dembele wasn't it and he just you know couldn't couldn't do it but They've never replaced him. Yeah, yeah. There was a. I read a story that he was, or I read, uh, watched an interview with someone from Belgium where, where he grew up in an inner city, there was no big pitches and there was no actual football like cages. So he used to play on a basketball court, and the way he scored was by rolling the ball against the bottom of the basketball mm-hmm. pole. And so that's why he became so good at close control because that's yeah. that's all he had. I love that. Uh, I'm choosing Modric. Yeah. And he's not an attacking midfielder, is he? I, I won't choose him if you think he's an attacking midfielder, but I think he's a keeper. Uh, he plays deep. I can I can see that. Rather than a defense, there's this obsession in English football that a defensive midfielder has to go around and kick people. Yeah, yeah. Whereas on the continent, it's someone who, not the quarterback, not the you know the deep line playmaker, but it's just someone who never gives the ball to. I mean, you probably didn't see him, but Carrick would have been a choice for me. Yeah, um, Carrick was great. We're not Perriman. Um, Although, yeah, yeah, there's a shout for manager. Carrick. Michael Carrick. Well, yeah. Simon Davis, was it? Because I was, when you talk about obsessed. He played wide as Simon Davis. Yeah, a bit right midfield. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, I should have chosen him. I just, I love, I was a winger. I, I was a big fan of his. I was quite sad when he went to Everton from us, but. Mm. We well, hey. went for Champions League football mm. and they got knocked out in the, um, playing a playoff round against Villarreal, I think it was. Um, we've, all, we've, we've all got these players we've seen in white shirts that stick in our memory as being the best ever you know Klinsmann Gasco whatever Modric for me is one of them without a doubt I've never you know unbelievable even though he was only there a few years I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievable I loved him I remember in um, Inverting the Pyramid is that the, the book on yeah um, Jonathan Wilson yeah, that book. They he taught. He has a paragraph on how important Modric was, and this was just before he went to Real Madrid. And he he's a special, special, special player. Um, he didn't pick Sandro though, as stages. Well, so if Jack was here, I'd do that just a, to annoy him. That's a gap. I did. I just loved it. I just loved the. It was a personality which we're missing a little bit of it. You know, um, Stato, you're attacking midfielder. You're going huddle. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. I've left you gas going. I'm definitely picking Gascoigne, yeah. I don't know that I wouldn't anyway. I mean, Hoddle is, yeah. Hoddle's, you know, if you're over 40, <laughs> then Hoddle, <laughs> Hoddle is like the Messiah. Because I remember, like, you know. 
most gifted, most naturally yeah. gifted English footballer ever of a generation or ever at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was able to tackle, he'd have been he'd have been world class. Um, but I probably if I had if I was a manager, I'd probably pick Kazza over him anyway. Would you? Probably. Pre yeah. the pre the injury, he was phenomenal. Phenomenal player. I was privileged to see his Tottenham career week in, week out, and, and away, you know, half a dozen times um, <clears throat> that season is all those seasons as well. What a player. Uh, the, uh, he's probably the best player I've seen. And like you, we were. We, who knows? We might have been sitting next to each other. But um, mm. uh, yeah, home and away. That sort of 89, 90, 91, like unbelievable. And that season that we won the FA Cup. Um, I actually had to be reminded about this uh, the other day by a, fr- a friend of mine. Obviously, the amazing free kick semi final and stuff. When you look at him in that game really chunky like he struggled with his weight anyway but he was really heavy at that point because he had a hernia he played with a hernia and wow. he'd, and I think he'd had not he'd either had it operated on or he'd rested yeah he it. had he only came he played 40 minutes at Norwich in the week that's before. right yeah um, but he, he basically rested it didn't he neoprene shorts on underneath like you know almost like a water um, wetsuit yeah. not like cycling shorts that you would have worn in those days he had this extra support and but he carried us through the whole way. Portsmouth the away, whole, we were dreadful. He scored two great goals. He scored a Notts County. We're home to Notts County, who I think had been relegated from the Premier League. Oh no, it was pre-Premier League. But they were they were in the top division or nearer thereabouts. But you know, a tiny side, and they they outplayed us and outbattled us. And Gascoigne got us through. Um, Oxford, he scored two wonderful solo goals. Um, and then, of course, the semi-final, he just he blitzed Arsenal, didn't he? Oh, the 1-2. He couldn't, he couldn't get the ball first goal, The 1-2 with Paul Allen out on the right wing. I still follow the foot and not the ball, and I still get, how's he done that? And then and then Lineker going and telling him, don't bend it, just blast it. And, and then he bent it and blasted it and scored the greatest free kick in Wembley's history. It was everything around him in the club as well, actually. So like, before before the game, you know, the warm-up for the game, he used to do little things that like I used to run up and down. He used to race Lineker up and down the halfway line. Lineker never used to do any warming up yeah, with yeah. the ball. He just used to run up and down, stretch his hamstrings. And Gascoigne, instead of warming up with the ball, like he'd be juggling the ball and pissing about. But then he'd start racing him up and down the halfway line. And every, and obviously, you know, lose each time. So Lineker was so quick. And he'd do something like the other end. When they turn around and run back, he'd pull Lineker's shorts down and then <laughs> run off and... Just silly things like that, just doing it with a crowd, you know. He was just, you could feel the character in him. But I've never seen a, I've never seen a player at Tottenham that if he decided he wasn't going to give the ball away, he wouldn't. You couldn't get a ball for him. It was impossible to get the ball for him. He was playing in a in a playground. He was a, yeah. he was absolute magic. There's so many stories, aren't there? There was so many. There's stories about if he wanted the ball, and he would only give you the ball. If the, your only option was to give it back to him. Also, I remember I did the um, tour. I told you about the one where I did the Ledley King Legends tour yeah. with my dad and that. And when they took us into the trophy room and showed us the 91 FA Cup, um, the top of the, the lid is bent. And the story is that uh, Gascoigne basically shoved it up his arse and fell over. <laughs> In hospital, probably. Oh, God. Um I mean, hernia. No, I've, I had a hernia. When I finished Iron Man, I had a hernia, and it is no joke. It kept me out of action. It is, it is, 
it is muscle it is a part of your body pushing through a hole in your yeah. muscle it is grim um and i it ruined me for, for a year i can't imagine playing elite football with it left wing stato uh Ginola. just sublime just the epitome of a spurs player really i suppose isn't he just but the glory the game's about glory and just fantastic in the season united win the treble Ginola gets pfa and football writers player of the year I mean, he complete all the United players knocked each other out of the voting by, you know, all being so good. But Ginola walked off with the the Worthington Cup and the uh, <laughs> Player of the Year. Oh, player he was. Uh, Some for me. Sonny. <laughs> Sonny. I love Sonny. I think I think honestly, I mean, Sonny has I suffered this season. And towards the end, I know he scored all those goals last season. He was on such a rich vein of form, money, but I think he suffered a little bit with the three up top and stuff. And he's been asked to really, like, he works hard, doesn't he? And he's been asked to, I mean, he really, really does work hard when you're there and you see him. And the, the defensive side of the game, I think, has taken a bit of edge off him, I think. He's been asked to just defend so much. But last season, the season before, I mean, he was, you know, almost unplayable, wasn't he? Almost unplayable. What a what what a player. So, yeah, he definitely, and also just a character, you know. He just seems such a a really like decent. That t- I mean, we've got Everton tomorrow. That tackle he did, which was a complete accident, wasn't it? On Gomez, yeah. it was a total accident, and he got red for it. And he actually shouldn't have got a red, should he? No, but he was de- he was devastated. Absolutely. Devastated, wasn't he? Devastated. That red almost did him a favour. That it got him off. You know, such a, such a great, great guy. And uh, it's been a privilege to watch him the last. I don't know whether we're going to get to see him after this summer. Are we? I hope so, but I'm not sure. On the verge of 100 Premier League goals, isn't he? I'm not sure. Yeah, he's 30, isn't he? It feels like. I don't know. It feels like they might cash in on him. He's got a long contract, doesn't he? But um, anyway, someone's going to have to go. Maybe it might be him. But um, what a privilege. Great player. I still think he's the best foreign. He's the, he's the best foreign player I've seen at Spurs. And I, I'm, I've always wanted to ask you, Stato, what you think. Because some people will say Aussie in his place. But I think he's the best I mean, yeah, player. I mean, I, I was just about to think about if we could just say one player that you'd give for the bench that we didn't mention. And I would have gone Ardiles and Hoddle. But you asked for a defensive player, so I didn't. Um, I, they, they were ever so slightly different in that you know one was a playmaker and a touch player, and one is just a rapier, speed, you know, a finisher, um, our out ball, our you know, just the excitement when when they're in, in a team that's that can be quite dull. Um, it's like comparing apples and, and pears, I think. Or a little bit. What I loved about our dealers was. He was quite slight, wasn't he, Stato? He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He was very short, man. Obviously, but he, but in those days as well, he was really quite skinny. Really, he was. He was. The, he looked like he was about ten stone wet through. Yeah. But you couldn't get the ball off. You couldn't knock him off the ball. He was so strong. He just had this really low centre of gravity, and you just couldn't get. You couldn't knock him off the ball. And back in those days, they're playing on you know mud pitches and thundering tackles and you just couldn't get the ball off him he was a genius an absolute genius 
this is it. And there's a man who stayed love loving the club, idolising the club, and still, you know, part and parcel of the the legends and the match day feeling. That's right. Yeah, great player. But not comparable. I'm, you know, both incredible players in there. But I think it's like, you know, it it doesn't quite work as a comparison. You kind of ruined it for me, Rob. And I'm really yeah, struggling. You're going to have to go Andy Gray now, aren't you? From the, I, I have to tell you, I was watching it those days. He couldn't cross the ball, mate. So I wouldn't go with him. You've really ruined it for me. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? Your rules. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. We definitely, <laughs> the next time, for your sake, whoever went last. Does, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I'm not, fine. Not I'm going to. Uh, well, let me tell you the options. Um, the options are, you can't have Delhi. That's cheating. So I, the options are Lamella, Chadley, Naim, Naim, maybe no, Stephen Bergvine, <laughs> or Cranchar. Can I have Cranchar? He was centre, wasn't he? I go Chadley. I love Chadley. I think he just he was under. He was just a bit of a workhorse. Wasn't the best player on the. Wait, he, he often did good things. I remember that goal against Chelsea in the 5-3, which would have been an amazing goal any day of the week, but it's just because Kane got those uh, yeah. those other goals. I'm going Chadley because I haven't got any other options. You've uh, paid the price for stealing Gareth Bale too yeah, early. If you'd have gone Danny Rose... One of you would have had have, him. But then you could have had Son. Yeah, but you would have... Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, that you see. Hey, I went. prosper, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's do both the centre-forwards at once. Stato. Um... I'd have Jurgen and uh, Kane. Two of the three greatest strikers to play for the club, in my opinion, with Greaves the only exception. Jurgen. Jurgen was probably the greatest for me till I till the last season with Kane and his numbers. So I'll have to go. But they're going to get in each other's way, but never mind. I'm going to have to go Teddy. Yeah. Uh, actually, they won't get in each other's way. And then. Back from my era, Clive Allen. Great choice. Couldn't you believe, right? I was looking up some stats for Clive Allen the other day after I listened to the Pleat podcast. And in the 87, 86, 87 season, the season he scored 49 goals, the stats for that team are insane. And Stato, you'll know this, obviously. But for the benefit of all the listeners, so you play a lot of games in those days. You played 52 games that season, Clive Allen for Spurs, scored 49 goals. And then after him, the next high scorer after him was a player that I loved from that era called Nico Klassen. He was, I had posters of him on my wall. He scored 11 goals. <laughs> so, and, then, and then Waddle got 11, Hoddle got eight. So literally, like it's, it goes sort of Paul Allen four, Steve Hodge six, Glenn Hoddle eight, Chris Waddle eleven, Nico Klassen eleven, Clive Allen forty nine. <laughs> he literally scored all the goals. It was incredible. <laughs> it was that season, he just goal arm up, goal arm up, goal arm up. He was unreal, better than Nico. He did that celebration where he just run and jump up and land flat on his back. And yeah. you were like, if you're going to break your spine, what on earth are you doing? Yeah, he was a victim of the scholarly era, wasn't he? Them. He scored loved a load it. of goals against the Ox. Yeah. Not really involved with the club now, is he, Clive Allen? 
No, not he's really. done because he did a lot not of coaching. Really. He was on, on the reserve team manager. He's been not assistant, but in a first team coach with with oh, under Redknapp certainly and a few a few others. But yeah, he's I think he's on that legends in match day hospitality some of the time. Um, but he he his interview on the um, off the what's it called? Off the the John Parkin. I don't know. Oh, the, the gosh. Of, yeah. Um, uh, under the cosh or something. Under the cosh, under yeah. Under the cosh. John Parkin doesn't do his research. And when he mentions when he scored his 49 goals in the season, John Parkin, 49 goals in a season. <laughs> and he, he just keeps repeating it. He cannot comprehend that. As a striker who played his whole career and barely scored 49 goals in his whole <laughs> career. But you just, games, you, when you've got goals. Hoddle, Waddle, Ardiles feeding you and you're the lone striker, what else is going to happen? I mean, we got to the semi-final of the League Cup, uh, which went two legs and then a replay. Um, FA Cup final, um, you know, obviously there was no Europe back then. It could have, could have been even more. But Pleat rested him um, for about three games at the end of the season in the league. And he would have comfortably got the 50, but Pleat was obsessive that he had to be available for the cup final. Scored yeah. in the second minute. Um, and then it just yeah, didn't quite happen for us. But yeah, great choice, Rob. Absolutely great choice. Much underrated. Eighty goals in 120 games. I think that's from memory, but that's wow. like phenomenal. And they sold them to Bordeaux, didn't they? When they were skint. Yeah. Yeah. Tragedy. Go on, ASD. I'm going Crouch and Defoe because if I've got Van der Vaart behind them with Bale, I'm basically getting the the gang back together, the band yeah. back together. Yeah, but they are. I've seen a lot of Defoe goals in my time. A lot of Defoe goals. And he he was just lethal, wasn't he? It just lethal, smashed the ball as hard as he could, and it usually went in. Crouch, great personality, great at volleying. Like he underrated volleyer. I think and he's just, underrated player, Peter Crouch. Yeah, me too. Underrated. Top guy as well. I mean, I've, yeah. I've met him at the club, and I, when I used to do a few of the corporate gigs when I was refereeing at the you know on the on the pitch, and any of the players that got sort of drawn to do this didn't want to engage at all. No interest in it whatsoever. Um, and Crouchy was just standing there chatting to you like you were someone he'd known for years. Um, really, really nice guy and funny. You know, he's made a, as as much of himself since he's given up. Um, you know, as a as a good pundit and a good yeah, a good bloke. Right. right, I'm going to read your team. Stato, you've got Clements, Carr, Goff, Mabbott, Hutton, Waddle, Perryman, Hoddle, Ginler, Klinsman, Kane, Rob. You've got Larice Walker, Toby, Roberts, Vanden Howe. Lennon, Dembele, Gascoigne, Son, Sheringham, Clive Allen, me, Gomez, Choluca, King, Supian, Bale, Malbronk, Modric, Van der Bart, Chadley, Crouch and Defoe. I mean, I've obviously got, I'm obviously scraping the barrel. Are there any players there who, are there any players that aren't in there that you just love that would be in there? So we've mentioned Carrick. Anyone else who deserves to be in there? I think Ericsson for me would be in there. Ericsson, I might, yeah. I might have even put him in there over... Um, on the belt, to be honest, if I thought probably about a bit it. old and even a bit old for Rob, but Steve Archibald would always get Archibald, yeah, get a nod for me. Um, phenomenal player. If 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 Barcelona replaced Maradona with Steve Archibald, then he's an underappreciated player, I think, by a lot of a lot of football fans who, who don't really know what he did and how good he was. Um, well, let, I, let, I let, hear those sides, and I just think they're still not going to win a league, are they? Definitely a cup side. But what yeah. price? What would you give to to see one of those three teams lift the cup? It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? At the, moment, yeah. well, at the moment, well, at the moment, about 
two grand a season at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, Robbie Keane, <laughs> unlucky to miss out. Celez, I didn't see him. I think he's unlucky to miss out. Lineker didn't get in there. Great striker. Uh, Sol, Sol Campbell didn't get in there. So yeah, Campbell didn't get in Teddy, there. Teddy, you, you named him, but he, he didn't quite. Or did Teddy make your? Teddy made my. Teddy was there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nicky Barnby didn't get in there. Might be just before your time, ASD. Nicky Barnby was a great player. Annoyed me when he went off to Middlesbrough. Yeah. He, he fell in love, didn't he? I think he fell in love with a 37-year-old woman and he, she wouldn't move down south. So he We've all been there. Went... <laughs> what about Falco or Galvin, Stato? They were stalwarts of that team. They weren't journeymen, but they were ultra-reliable players. You know, you, you knew what you were going to get. Seven to eight out of ten every week. Completely consistent. Always did a job that was asked of them. Um, and, you know, still proper Tottenham men now. And that's something that's never going to be this going forward because there's no connection with the fans. There's no connection. It's the money that's done it. I don't blame the players. Um, but there's so few British players nowadays. This is something that never happened. Nostalgia will never be the same again. To the Doom Merchant, but um, let's enjoy it now while it is. We've got a few players who played for us for ages. You know, like Ben Davis has been here for ages. 2014, Eric Dyer. I mean, that similar players, reliable. I think. Yeah, I just I don't know if there's ever quite going to be that the connection with the fans. You know, they're not they're not loved. I mean, Eric Dyer jumped into the crowd and and had words with some of them. Uh, but you know Ben Davies, love and respect him, but you know just there's not that affection, is there really for the fullbacks? It's not, it's not a very lovable team, isn't it? We all love Sun, but it's yeah. not it's not like we love that like we love the Pochettino team. Me, maybe there's a, a connection with with winning as well, and the old ground. I do think the old ground had something to yeah. do with it. Yeah, but you love characters, don't you? There were a lot. Well, the reason why Romero. Everyone loves Romero, apart from the fact he keeps getting sent or he's been sent off twice. But and and Son and for different reasons, but they're real they're char- real characters. They're, so go, they're just everyone's just a bit even like just a bit bland, aren't they? Just a bit you know, just a bit grey underpants, you know what I mean? Mm. Anyway. Stato, we've had five nationalities as our club captains. So club Captains who have had five different nationalities. Can you name them? English. Um, so yeah, English, uh, Scottish. Yeah. Um, Hugo's French. Yeah, and Kabul. And has he been club captain? Well, Ledley was out injured for so long. Ledley um, stuck it out from 05 to 12. Northern Irish, Danny Blanchfell. Yeah. I didn't know how far back you were going to go. I mean, um, I've got it all the way back to 1882. Is, is there a Welshman in there? Is there a Mike Ingram? Three of them. Jack Ron L. Burgess. Jones from 1897 to 1904. Ron uh, Burgess was the captain. Ron Burgess. Bill Nicholson played. That's it. Someone then, very kind and close to me bought me Ron Burgess's book. Yes, they did. The 1950s. Thank and you then, for that. That's right. And then Bill Watley as well, 36 to 37. There you go. And Blanche Flower was the one that you mentioned there. That 57 to 64? Completely wrong. 59 to 64. Okay. <laughs> you say my, completely wrong. It wasn't yeah. that far out. Yeah, I'm, I'm my, my, my dad 
loved Danny Blanchflower. He loved him all the way. He right through it, right up to the end of his life. Him and Jimmy Greaves. I took um, my dad to see Greaves. You know, he's doing the after, you know, doing the theatre speaking circuit. Mm. And we queued up afterwards. He must have been in his early 70s by then, my dad. And we queued up afterwards to get his book signed. And it was like you, it was like you or I meeting Bale or something. Or, you know what I mean? He was like a kid. It was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. But you hear him talk about Blanchard, just he was hard, hard, like talented amazing ability on the ball but you talk about hard players i wish i picked him now as my defensive midfielder thinking about it i made a mistake there you didn't see him well i didn't see him play i didn't see him play sorry i forgot your your i forgot your uh rules yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh good times um anything else we missed anything we're going to beat everton tomorrow yeah we are I mean, who knows? But yeah, we are. I think there'll be freedom. I think we'll see some surprises in the lineup. I'd love to see like Saar play, a few others. It's really, I really, I don't know what it is. It's like, really be great if they may. It's going to be difficult in it because Newcastle won today, but mm. it could need it to be a draw really. But it's going to be quite tight, that top four race, especially if we end up beating Newcastle at the end of April. Uh, you know, big if that because they're in some form, but it's going to be tight that. When's Basuma back? He's not, is he? Out for the season, eh? Is he out for the whole season? Yeah. Oh, so, Luis might be back tomorrow, mightn't he? Oh, really? Yeah, maybe. Big game player. Just Big. shout out there for Abbas. I'm sure, I'm sure, as soon as he's fit, I'm sure they'll put him back in. Yeah, yeah. Club captain. He's number one choice. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd quite... Sorry, go oh, ahead. No, 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 I was completely changing the subject. I'd quite, I'd quite forgotten how many injuries they've got. Because the two-week international breaks have actually been quite nice, isn't it? That, although exactly. some of the bile coming out of Twitter, I've had to like just stop. But um, they've got so many injuries in the midfield, haven't they? You know, it's a bit, it feels... And, and they've only got one fit. I know, because uh, Perisic isn't actually injured. He's fit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So they've, only got, they've now only got two fit fullbacks. I'd be interested oh. to see him play up top because he plays up top for Croatia and he scores yeah. goals and he's mm. a menace. And, you, know, yeah. rather than, you can't ask a guy that age to, to get up and down like a full uh, a wing-back needs to in the Premier League. Get someone else to do his running. Get, play play Bale behind him. Play Perisic in front. I'm hoping they, um, I'm hoping they go flat forward tomorrow. Oh, play Dave, play, play, play. Is Davis out? He's out, isn't he? Is he? Is he injured, Davis? We missed the Wales. He didn't go to Wales, did he? I no, thought he didn't. He, I think and he's I, injured. I think he is out. So yeah, flat back four, play, maybe play, because yeah, Royale's out now, isn't he? Yeah. So, so Tanganga, I'm sure, is going to get a game. And, did Poro uh, get injured for Spain? Uh, no, he's fit. No. Oh, right. Poro's out for about... Uh, sorry, Davis out for about three more weeks. Hamstring. Yeah, it's got no. Like, it's a problem, and it the injuries are a bit. It suddenly makes that vomiting episode in on the Asia preseason tour look a little bit ill-judged, doesn't it? When you see how hard they worked them. So many muscle injuries now. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, I was going to. I had a quick one on Wrexham because they're going. Have you seen they're playing Man United in like San Diego or somewhere yeah. in the states? Madness, and they just signed Ben Foster. 
Have you seen how tight it is up there? Yeah, yeah. There's, they've got the 100 points. They've, they've got 100 points. Ready. Well, they've got a game in hand, and I think they're three points clear in Ots County. Uh, for me, it's insane that it's only one up. I appreciate there's two good teams this season, but to me, make that National League the fifth division of the Football League, so then you'd actually go back to 92 Football League clubs, um, three up, three down, because the teams at the bottom of the second of League Two are always at the bottom of League Two. It's constantly the same teams. And then, you know, one or two have a worse year and they go. And But the teams at the top, you, you're getting teams with 10,000 crowds at Wrexham and Notts County, five, six, seven, eight thousand at the, the next best. And in, in five years, those two leagues will sort themselves out to where they should be. And then if you if you make that the fifth division of the Football League or the League Three, then, you know, there's no stigma of not being in the Football League anymore um, for, for those clubs. That's how I sort it, but I'm not in charge, so don't get a vote. But, yeah, I, I think it's exciting to see Wrexham. He, every fan is jealous because they wish it was their club down there. But fair play to the two guys who've done it. Um, I've watched the documentary. I found it fascinating. Really good. And it's exciting for, for, for a team. Salford have done it, but not quite and we're near to this level. What the documentary did an amazing job of was not making Wrexham look like a shithole. Because it, it is. Yeah. How are they felt? Because this is, you're from Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Obviously the massive rivals are Swansea. You know, miles Just lost and miles away to the, to the west. But, it's, you know, North Wales and South Wales is a big divide, isn't it? It's always one that's talked about. It's always like, oh, they speak Welsh up in North Wales and they play football. Isn't down south, you don't speak Welsh and you play football. But now that's all completely changed. Football is, football's always been Wrexham in red, Swansea in white, Cardiff in blue, which got ruined to Vincent yeah, Tan, yeah. who changed the, the badge and then changed us to red. That was a massively dark era. But we never even thought about Wrexham. Even when Cardiff were in third division when I was watching them, like it was never really a thing. It was always Swansea. People don't understand how big of a deal that that derby is and how aggressive and how violent Mm. that derby is. And it was yesterday, the South Wales derby. um, Cardiff lost 3 2. Cardiff lost 95 minutes. Oh, well, I saw it just till the end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't, but I think people are just happy that with Welsh football at the moment. Well, it's a bit of a funny one. Like it was good that we won our two games, or we drew against Croatia away, and then we beat Latvia one nil. Seventh minute, that equaliser, yeah, yeah. that was brilliant, wasn't it? But that was from open play. It was nice. Like it was nice to have a goal from. Open... Oh no, that one was a, fix, a, a set piece, whereas the the goal against Latvia was an open play, which is nice because now we're moving on from the golden generation. It just it's quite nice to see us able to compete to a decent level and score from anything yeah. other than set pieces because it's always been like bail on, on free kicks yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it's just great to see Welsh football on the map and no one really and what, what has been good about the Wrexham thing is they have gone deep into Welsh culture so you know that episode on um, Wales it, I think it was episode 8 in the in the documentary I learned more well I, I wasn't even taught that in school you know I yeah. learned a lot of English history in school and so that it's just lovely and Rob's learning Welsh it's just they care that that is it as well. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, gents, thanks very much. It's a, a very long pod, uh, but it's it's always great to see you, Stato. Rob, it's always a pleasure. I'll see you in the week, and um, yeah, don't forget.
the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. He's 